Well, hey, Henry. Hey, Dad. I thought it might be fun to talk about Stranger Things Season 2. My plan was we would come down here after every episode and talk for about five minutes about the episode, and then we'll watch another episode, yeah. and then we'll come down and talk about it. I, I like that. You like that idea? Mm-hmm. So before we start the first episode of Season 2, I was just going to ask you, what is it that you like about Stranger Things and, and why are you so excited about season two? Well, I like the, a lot of creepy things that I like are kind of like fun, creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really thought that's kind of what Stranger Things was. It had humor, it was really fun and still creepy. And I, I really like things that are a mix of those three. Something where it is... Like, bad things actually are happening, yeah. but it never gets so scary that mm-hmm. it's just bleak and grim and not fun to watch. Yeah, like, uh, we watched a movie recently called Krampus that was kind of like that. Yeah, Krampus. We also watched uh, Drag Me to Hell. Yes. Which was kind of like that. That's also similar. I would say most of my favorite scary movies have a certain amount of humor. I watched it by myself, yes. but then you watched it with your mom. Yeah, we binge-watched it. Right. Was it fun watching it, realizing that you could just watch the next episode and then the next episode? And yeah. That you could, did it kind of feel to you like a like a book or a movie in that sense, or did it feel to you like each episode was its own thing? Uh, well, I mean, it kind of felt like each, chap- each chapter, because also the end of each episode in Stranger Things Season 1 kind of had a cliffhanger at the end. So it kind of felt more like a book to me where it's like, I can totally see how this can go into the next one. And the episodes kind of blend together. Yes. For me anyway. Like I can't think of specific episodes that I thought, oh, that episode was great. I think of it more like I remember certain points in the story that I liked and I would have to watch it again to remember what episode they were Mm -hmm. even in. Well, what characters stood out to you from the first season? Uh, You know, I like probably Dustin. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what was it that you liked about Dustin's character? I think he almost kind of just stood out out of all the characters. I feel like coolest character, I'd say maybe Eleven. I would say my favorite character was probably Hopper. Oh, oh yeah, the chief. The chief, yeah. He, I think he might be tied with Dustin for me, actually. Do you get a sense of this show kind of being about the 80s or that it's set in the 80s? Does it feel like it's set I... in a different time to you? Kind of, yeah. Just the way, of course, the way they filmed it, like, Everything looks a bit different, and mm-hmm. uh, but also just the way they the feel almost. They tried to, I don't know. It just there's something about it that does seem like the 1980s. Like they tried to make it feel mm-hmm. like it was not just about that time, but almost like it was made during that. Like time. Like when you're watching, it feels like you're back in that time. Mm-hmm. And you weren't even in that time. Yes, so I, I don't know what it was like at all, really. What are the things that we're wondering about from the end of season one? We know that Will is back yes. uh, from the Upside Down, but he is also, something's different. He spit yeah. up that weird worm or whatever that was at the yeah. end of uh, season one. So clearly he's different now, and yes. that can't be totally resolved. He's been traumatized from his experience in the Upside Down. And we know that Eleven, spoiler alert, we saw the trailer, she was in the trailer. So we know she's not gone. Yes. But at the end of season one, we see her sort of, it's ambiguous. We don't know whether she's been destroyed or whether she's just gone off to some other place when she destroys the Demogorgon. And what we've seen from the trailer, all those shots, when she's not like back kind of to the world, to Earth, it seems like she's just in this place that was kind of like scenes in the Upside Down where it's just all black. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, but with the upside down ones, I think it's kind of neat. There are different places, and it's a totally different place. Because I remember there was a time uh, where a character named Nancy, she when she was dragged into that tree, and that part of the upside down was like... It's like a twisted version yes. of our world. Mm-hmm. And then there are other times where it's just all black. Like, there's nothing else. Mm-hmm. Except the person, which, and I mean, they're both extremely creepy, but I feel like there's just something about just nothingness and it's endless and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That has always creeped me out. So I guess we can expect that we're going to learn more about what the Upside Down is. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're going to find out more about Hopper and maybe whatever deal he made at the end of season one? It seems that he made a deal uh, and to help Will and to help mm-hmm. Joyce, Will's mom, but it seems like he was ready to sacrifice Eleven and perhaps some other people in order to do that. We might find out a little bit more, but I think he might still be a bit guilty. I guess I wonder if Mike is going to be having any more of his romance with Eleven, because mm-hmm. they did kind of hint at that. Would you be just yeah. fine if they left the romance out, or do you like that being in there? I, I kind of like that being in there. But, mm-hmm. And also the with Jonathan and Nancy. Yeah, and Steve. who Steve started off seeming like he might be kind of a, a, a jerk, but it turns out he actually had a little bit of heart because remember in the end he was he was pretty brave. It seems like he's going to be a main character because in the in season two. So do you think Nancy is going to be with Jonathan or Steve in the end? I don't know. Do you care? Do you wish it was one or the other? No, not really. You don't really care. <laughs> no. I think Jonathan's a little weird the way that he hid out and took pictures of her secretly. But maybe she likes that. Maybe she likes the fact that he's a little weird and creepy. So we'll have to find out. I mean, I do like weird people, but I feel like that's... <laughs> that's a little over the line. Yeah, but... <laughs> I want right. to be with someone just because they're secretly hiding in the bushes taking photos of me. In fact, you might choose not to be with them for that Yeah, reason. yeah, 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 yeah. I would just also choose to not speak with them or be anywhere near them. <laughs> like, hey, Henry. Right. Just ignore them and look away. Yeah. Stop taking my picture. Yep. All right, well, let's go watch uh, episode one of season two of Stranger Things. Yeah, let's do it. So, we just watched the first episode, uh, which was called Mad Max, but it's one word, like Mad Max. It was like a, a, a name that someone put in uh, on the high score of Dig Dug, and that's how we got introduced to the character of Max. What did you think of the character of Max, who seems to be a new classmate of the boys? We didn't get to really know that much about her, but it seems like she kind of shy, but... Yeah, just kind of quiet. But also what? What 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 else did we find out about her? She uh, seems kind of cool, doesn't she? Yeah. And do you think the boys think that she's cool? Yeah. I mean, they were basically stalking her for the whole entire time. <laughs> she's on to them, though, right? Because she left that note. That said, uh, quit spying on me, creeps. <laughs> yeah, so she seems like she might be kind of an interesting new character. How, how does Will seem to be doing based on, on what we know how things ended on season one. I mean, I'm uh, he's totally glad to be back, but I mean, he's not doing too great. I feel like what he's saying, and I, I never really thought about this, to be honest, when people act like, oh, what's wrong? Oh, and everything like that. It makes you feel more like people have to be, think that they have to be careful around you. Yeah, and how annoying that would be if everybody yeah. treated you that way. What is it? You okay, you can tell me, and just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And eventually it would be annoying if everyone just started uh, acting that way around you. But he, not only that, he's also having to deal with these uh, moments where he seems to kind of teleport yeah. to 
to the upside down or or the upside down is coming to him it almost seems like he's special in that he's seeing something that no one else is seeing but he yeah. saw something at towards the end of the episode that was i think maybe the main monster for season two which is kind of like i mean it was a very brief scene and we kind of only saw the shape of it mm -hmm. but it's kind of like this really big spider creature and it's not like and the skin is different it's actually kind of like smooth and everything and I never noticed this before when I saw in the trailers, because in the trailers, it's even shorter than you see it. And it's like, see it, and then it's gone mm -hmm. immediately. Uh, but it it has this head that actually, it's kind of small and round, but then it has, on the top, it, it's like a, a really long fin that goes up, and that's really tall. I never noticed this head, its head, I should say. So let's think, what other characters uh, had something kind of interesting going on? It looks like Will and uh, Jonathan's mom, Joyce, is dating this guy Bob, uh, which is Sam and from the Lord of the Rings series. Right. Then there's the doctor that Will is going to see, who you don't necessarily recognize, but he's an actor named Paul Reiser, mm -hmm. who was, uh, you know, famous in the '80s and also was famous in particular for a role in a movie called Aliens, where he played sort of a, a, a particular kind of villain. That this character he's playing in this might be something of a reference to. It's hard to know. You know, I thought it was kind of neat, actually, how they started off the first episode, which, you know, all, a lot of you know probably that Eleven, they call it that because uh, it was on her arm. It was zero zero. Zero one one. Yeah, zero one one. And so I thought it was, the way they started this, it was, um, there are these people, and so they're being chased by the police. And there was a woman that told him to go, like, turn a right uh, to it near a bridge. She said, like, turn right into this tunnel. Yeah, turn right into this tunnel. And she was, like, crashed it down right behind them so the cops couldn't get him. Mm -hmm. And then you, you saw, like, she rolled up her sleeve or something, and you saw 008. And I thought it was, I don't know if there's going to be more of these characters, but it, I just thought it was kind of a neat and kind of odd way to start the start the season. It makes us think, well, there's more of them. There's at least 11 of these kids or uh, individuals out there. So what do you think of, speaking of 11, the way the episode wrapped up? It wrapped up with a bit of a surprise that Hopper is now sort of taking care of 11 or living with 11 out in this cabin. It's almost like he's taking care of her the way a parent would take care of a kid. To be honest, I mean, I feel like we're still going to hear for like envisions in the upside down world and everything but i w i kind of wish that she didn't come back to like all the other main characters immediately i was kind of hoping that it might have been kind of slow and seeing her journey from the upside down world to trying to get back to like will and mike and everyone else well we know it's been a year Mm -hmm. So it's possible that there is a bit more of a story there as to how she came to be back and she came to be staying with him. But I know what you mean. It is something that you, you might have thought there would be more story to how she returned. I guess we'll just have to see what happens. Yep. Well, ready to watch uh, episode two? <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Henry, so we just watched the episode called Trick or Treat Freak. That's right, Trick or Treat Freak, which when I saw that episode title come up and we saw that Eleven 
is wanting to kind of be more like a normal kid and go trick-or-treating, I thought it was going to be about Eleven wanting yeah. to go trick-or-treating. And maybe someone would, would see her and say that to her, but it turns out that that was Will that the title referred to. Because the kids in town seem to think he's kind of a weirdo, and they seem to... Rather than like... Right, people like call him zombie boy. Right. Rather than being nice to him because he went through something traumatic, it seems like a lot of the kids are being cruel to him. Mike, too, doesn't seem like he's very happy with the way things are going. Because he feels like he's going crazy because he feels like sometimes he thinks he sees Eleven, mm-hmm. which might be a sign because she is back on Earth and she can feel him. Well, it seems like she's looking for him... Yeah. And he's looking for her, but neither one of them really knows that the other one is so nearby. Yeah. Well, she knows where he is, but he does—he has no idea where she is. And she knows it's too risky to just go out and to his house or something. Or at least we believe that Chief has convinced her that it's too risky for her to do anything. Yeah. I was just watching this episode and noticing how worried Will's mom is about the notion that something might be happening to Will again. And it made me remember how much my mom always worried about me when I was a kid. And that also made me realize that maybe one of the reasons that I'm alive is because I had a mom uh, yeah. and a dad who worried, but particularly a mom who worried about everything. Yeah. We remain close, mom and I. One thing that I, I, I noticed even before Will got captured or anything, I could tell she still was a bit worried about him because all parents should be a bit worried about their kid because they don't want anything bad to happen to him. But... Uh, I mean, how you just always be worried about them mm-hmm. if they had experienced going to the upside down. Right. Well, right. If I come upstairs and you're not where I expect you to be, then I look out in the yard or the the, uh, the tree out front and or maybe down the street at a friend's and that's where you're going to be. Yeah. But if I'm thinking, oh, he could be in any of those places and he could also be in some alternate horror dimension right now. It would kind of add to the the worry that I have. Like there was a scene where she woke up and Will wasn't in his bed and then Jonathan didn't know where he was. And then she looked in the bathroom and she was like, and he was there and he was like, what are you doing? I'm peeing. (laughs) Well, doesn't it seem like Will's trying to have a normal life and because of what happened to him, it's like not only can't he have a normal life, but the people around him won't really let him have a normal life. Yes. What do you think of the love triangle between Nancy, Jonathan, and Steve at this point? Well, first of all, Steve went to with Nancy to like a teenager Halloween party, mm-hmm. and she got wasted. <laughs> That's right. She did. And so, yeah, she just said stuff that, uh, like, she, she said BS a lot. <laughs> but she, um, she said things to Steve like, I didn't love you and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and Steve was offended by it. I mean... If you were in that moment, you you would too, but sometimes you have to think, well, this person is really drunk, and when you're drunk, you say things that you can't take back sometimes. Right, and also, I think it's interesting that you talk about that, because I was thinking in that moment, it's obvious that Steve really does care about her, yeah. and that he's willing to pretend that nothing happened and go along with the lie that they're supposed to be living, instead of telling the truth about the upside down and all of that. He's willing to live with that lie because he feels like he's got Nancy and he loves her. And it's almost like if he can keep her in his life, then he's willing to live this lie. Whereas Nancy can't say that because I I don't think she's really that happy with the idea of staying with Steve. And it's not just about Steve. It's about Barb and everything that happened. But in that moment, I think that we saw that as long as he thought she loved him, Steve would do anything for Nancy. But the second that she hurt his feelings, he kind of abandoned her. I mean, really... As hurt as his feelings may have been, to leave her at that party drunk like that could have been very bad. Something very bad could have happened. But luckily, 
for her, Jonathan came along and was not uh, doing anything creepy this time. He he actually was not creepy. He took her home. And <laughs> laid her in her bed. Right. And everything was very innocent and very friendly. He was very he much like... He didn't take a, pictures of her in her sleep. <laughs> right. Anything really creepy, right? But it, my point being, I feel like in this episode, Jonathan came out looking a little bit better and not yeah. quite as stalkery. And Steve came out looking a little bit worse. Because yeah. even if his feelings were hurt, I think he could have gotten her home safely. Instead of just storming out. I guess I'm trying to think if there's anything else that really happened in this episode. Well, there was actually a cliffhanger at the end. Last episode, the very first one, uh, it was around the middle, I think, or towards the end. And Dustin was going to his home, and he was kind of by himself. And then he heard a noise coming from the trash can. uh, From the trash can, yeah. And then he kind of ignored it and just went in, and then it got a close-up on the trash can. And it, like, moved, and you heard, like, there was something in it, you Mm -hmm. could tell. And then this happened again. It was like at the very end. Yeah. And uh, he was, and he heard the noise again. And he walked over and finally opened it. And it was kind of viewing from like inside the trash can. And you could see him looking in. And he, there, you knew there was something in because he was like, oh my goodness. Well, that's not but what he said though. Well, yeah. <laughs> it cut he, it off. He, it cut off him saying uh, the S word, right? Yeah. And, um, and so we know something is in there. Mm-hmm. What do you think's in the trash can? Frog. <laughs> a frog. Those are some pretty weird noises for a frog. <laughs> That'd be pretty boring if the next episode started and it was just a frog. Yeah. And it was like, oh, why did he say that at the end of the last one? Maybe it's a poisonous frog. Yeah, so what about this new monster that Will is seeing? We saw a, a little scene of it in the first episode, but this week we got a little bit better of a look at it, but it still is very mysterious looking. And the way he described it as as like a living shadow in the sky is pretty accurate because when it moves, it doesn't seem like it's made of anything. Do you think it's just a creature from some other dimension that we wouldn't understand? Or do you think that it's it's it's... It's actually made of, of some kind of liquid or smoke in the sky. What do you think? I'm not sure. You don't, I don't know? I think it might be some creature from another dimension, which it makes sense because the Demogorgon is like that, and I would think that they'd also have more monsters like that. Well, the Demogorgon, though, was at least a physical monster with a face that opened up. You could sort of imagine what it was, but this new thing, I can't even tell what it's made of. Yeah, and but... One thing, I, one thing that I always thought was creepy about the Demogorgon was when you're bleeding and you're all alone, it can sense you. Mm-hmm. Like with Barb, that I really felt bar- bad for her. Also because she had kind of just been abandoned by her friend and she was just... Yeah, she was lonely and sad. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's looking for. Yep. Which is pretty cruel. And also she could tell, or it could tell, uh, that she was there because of the blood. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a shark in a way. Yeah. Except sharks can't sense you being sad or lonely. Let's see what happens in episode three. Okay. Well, <clears throat> that was episode three, The Polywog. Did you know what a polywog was before you saw this episode? No, but now I know it's like a term for tadpole or something like strange. So what did you think of that plot line with uh, the, the creature that was very quickly named D'Artagnan by Dustin due to uh, how much he liked Three Musketeers candy bars? I thought the creature was really neat. It just, there's a, 
It didn't really have eyes, though, I noticed. Didn't have eyes. It well, had, like, a really small mouth, too, but it was, like, the same shade as its skin. Like, its skin wrapped and went into its mouth. Dustin kind of reminded me of you in the sense that here he had this kind of gross-looking creature that was a little bit weird and maybe even scary if you if you are scared by weird little creatures. And he immediately saw it as a cute little helpless creature that just needed his help. And that reminds me of how you are about like bugs and snakes and things like that, where someone else might mm-hmm. be weirded out by them or think they're gross. You generally think all creatures are kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> so did you think D'Artagnan was cute or was he too weird for you? Weird, but kind of cute. Would you want to keep a pet like that? As long as it doesn't try to eat me or kill people so do you think he's going to turn into a a horrible monster or do you think he's going to turn into just sort of like a weird creature that that they have kind of a friendship with because dustin obviously has a has a connection with him it seems like if you're nice to it when it's grown it won't hurt you but maybe since when it's grown it would be capable of hurting other people that is not nice to it and does something bad because we don't know it could be like a really big kind of vicious monster when it grows up but it can have a decision to either always be vicious and mean or be nice and friends with someone yes like a lot of animals we know that they're only vicious because they're threatened or because they're treated cruelly Mm -hmm. so yeah maybe maybe d'artagnan will turn out to be an asset and not just a weird creature that they at some point have to escape from but i like the way that that showed dustin has this soft heart and uh and that he clearly does would rather keep dart secret from his friends than have his friends do something to harm him right so other things that happened in this episode we saw at the beginning that bob was giving will some advice on how to handle the things he's afraid of now bob doesn't know that what will's afraid of is real real. and that it's based on something he experienced and the place that he went i don't even know if bob understands what happened to will at all he seems to think it's just a kid having bad dreams. His advice was face your fear and tell it to go away, and it will, which is great advice if you're talking about something in your nightmares, but it's not great advice if you're talking about a real giant interdimensional creature that could wreak havoc. And it ended with Will facing off and uh, taking uh, Bob's advice. He stood his ground, uh, yelled, go away but and you know how it and it was kind of creepy this creature is really big mm-hmm. and almost its arms is like hollow and it's like a tornado inside which i thought was kind of neat and so the arm like went around will and in the inside like it wrapped around and like went into his eyes went into his nose went into his ears it just like went inside him and it with that happening and like will screaming right it was like these it's like tendrils or tentacles yeah. that are made up of little tornadoes. So I wonder if he's going to have this being inside him now. I want, like, it might take control of him or something, or yeah. it could kill him. We don't know. We don't really know what this creature's trying to do. We have an idea that it's probably an evil creature that probably wants to kill or something, but we don't know really what it wants to do with Will. Right. We don't know what Dart is going to turn out to be. We don't know what this giant creature in the sky is. Uh, But we do know that the uh, laboratory is continuing to do experiments that are affecting Hawkins because everyone in town is experiencing these, these, you know, their mysterious deaths to their crops. And and Chief is realizing that it is a, a pattern that's probably connected to something that's happening at the laboratory. In this episode, we came to a better understanding of what kind of deal Chief actually made last year, that he would keep everything quiet for the laboratory, and the laboratory would stay out of Hawkins. 
And it seems like there's a little bit of a bleed over, like whatever they're doing at the lab is affecting the, the town and it's affecting the people. So what do you think of that? Does it seem like Hopper's kind of in a tough spot because he has to carry on this lie, but he also knows that he can't carry it on forever? I think that Hopper has probably made tough decisions before, but and and he he thinks once he thought about the deal, he thought, oh, I can handle this. Mm-hmm. But he didn't realize when he's going through through it how how tough it actually is. We can tell that for the last year he's been looking after Eleven, or for most of the last year he's been looking after Eleven and taking care of her, and he's also part of the cover-up. So that's a that's a really tight spot for him because Eleven is probably someone that the guys at the lab would really want to, to know where she is, and he, he's lying to them about that. So I wonder how much they actually know yeah. at the lab and how much he's actually managed to keep secret. I thought the plot line with Eleven and Hopper was really neat. At first, at the very end of the very first episode, I thought it was kind of odd to see her right with him. Because also, it was like at the very end, and it was just kind of an odd way to introduce Eleven back. Mm-hmm. But now, well, after we've seen some stuff and everything, it makes I, I like it a bit better. But also, to be honest, um, I know it's neat to see flashbacks from her escaping and what she did, but I thought it would be cool to see that actually happen and not mm-hmm. like quick flashbacks of it. You mean just show that whole story yeah. of what she went through? Maybe we are getting that throughout these episodes as they yeah, flash back probably. to probably. I felt like in this episode, we saw the sort of end of her wanting to take uh, uh, Hopper's word for it, though. Like, she's been going by his rules, but clearly now she's breaking all the rules he set up because she's tired of him telling her soon, 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 and nothing ever happening. So I wonder if we saw the end of their little arrangement or if she still is going to return back to that cabin like it's her home. I'm really not sure what Mm -hmm. she'll do because, who knows, she might just keep on kind of wandering. It seems like... Uh, she think. Uh, I remember she was mad when she saw uh Mike with Max. She took it the wrong way, but and that's also how you can kind of tell it's love. It's at least some kind of special feelings that she yeah. has for Mike. It's not just that they're friends. We were saying we wonder what that connection is, but yeah, she did seem jealous of Max, even though it doesn't seem like Mike really thinks of Max in that way. Yeah. Another thing, speaking of the kind of romantic side of the show, I would say that it does seem that maybe Nancy is figuring out that her feelings for Steve, maybe she likes him a lot, but she doesn't feel as strongly about him as he does about her. Whereas Nancy is actually more concerned with the truth of what's happening and Mm -hmm. maybe helping Barb's parents uh, uh, understand what, what went on and all that kind of stuff. So in this episode, it seems like she and Jonathan are clicking a lot more than she is clicking with... Steve. Mm-hmm. And I would say that it makes me wonder, are we seeing a similar thing between Joyce and Bob? Because Bob is this lovable guy who is clearly very nice and cares very much about her and her kids. But it does seem like he's more into it than she is, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Do you think at some point Joyce is going to have a similar conversation with Bob about about her true feelings? Or do you think something horrible is going to happen to Bob before uh, that ever comes to pass? You know, this seems like the kind of show that something horrible would happen right <laughs> when she's thinking got to end it with this guy i mean he's all, i really like him but with will and all this stuff that's going on i just i don't have time for to almost always goof off with this guy yeah because it may but it i mean it, it would be sad because she, uh bob likes her so much but also you understand why would understand why because she really has to worry about her son 
Right. Well, I and uh, I was thinking about it too because in the first season we had Barb, who a lot of people really liked because she seemed like just a, a basically nice person, and something hor- horrible happened to her. I'm wondering if Bob is the new Barb. I'm wondering if their names are even similar. If they do that, Henry, and then in the third season there's a character named Bib that we really like. I'm just going to worry about that character from the first second. Especially if the Bib's like a cute little dog or something. <laughs> I mean, you know how in a lot of horror movies, if there's a cute little pet or something, it always usually ends up getting killed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Stranger Things had, would do something like that. If they had like a cute little animal that was with a person that gets involved with a lot of terrible, bad stuff, that something would happen to the animal. Yes, they, they frequently show something bad happen to an animal in movies because it's their way of showing that bad things are about to start happening to people. But animal lovers are, are sort of famous for watching movies and dreading seeing bad things happening to animals. Like me. Right. Well, I've always felt that way too, so maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they would have uh, Bib the dog actually save the day in season three. And Bib three. is also an adorable baby pug. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> he's a baby pug, so he's a pug puppy named Bib. So yeah, Stranger Things 3, that should be what the whole season is about. Yeah, it's Stranger Things 3, The Adventures of Bib. <laughs> and it and it starts off with just him wandering, and you're like in the forest or something, and he makes like little friends, and then he ha- eventually he has to fight off this major monster. I think that sounds like a great season, but I want to talk about one other thing about this episode, which is we were kind of mentioning how at the beginning of the episode, Bob gave Will this advice, and at the end of this episode, we saw that his advice didn't really work. And I'll have to tell you, I'm not happy for what was happening to Will at the end, but I am glad that they did not have whatever that creature is just disappear and go away when when Will said, go away. Because that's one of my pet peeves, is a lot of times in horror movies or fantasy stories, when the hero faces down the villain, they just have to say, I'm not afraid of you! And then whoosh, everything disappears and it goes back to normal. I always think that's a bit of a cop out. I'm glad that the the evil, whatever it is in this story, uh, couldn't be uh, defeated that easily. I, I like that too. And like shows like Goosebumps and everything, which are kind of meant for kids, if they're having this monster or something that's kind of haunting them, they say, Go away, I'm not afraid of you. They just be gone. Mm-hmm. And one movie, one horror movie that I've seen called Krampus that ha- kind of was similar. Uh, there, when a boy was standing up to his, kind of his fear at an end of a movie, it's the Krampus, which is the creature, didn't just go away. Right. Yeah, you realize that the horror is real, that you can't, it's not in your mind, it's not your imagination, it's not just about defeating your fear. It's like, yes, you have to defeat your fear, but then you also mm-hmm. have to defeat a monster. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's find out what happens. I'm really curious to know if Will's going to be different now or if uh, just what the heck. Yeah, okay. So chapter four, which was called Will the Wise, Wise. which is a reference to Will's Dungeons and Dragons character, which was sort of the wise character or the wizard character of his group. And in the episode, it was all about the moment where his mom, Joyce, realizes that she can kind of call on his artistic talents to get him to express something that he's having a hard time putting into words. But I just want to say something about that. That whole segment was based around the idea that Will couldn't convey to them what he was seeing. And it was like... Will, maybe you can draw it instead, right? And so he starts doing these crazy abstract drawings. And somehow they figure out how all these crazy abstract shapes are supposed to fit together and are supposed to go. And what they realize is it's like vines, right? Yeah. Couldn't he have saved himself and them a lot of trouble if he had said, you know, like vines? Yes, it would have. (laughs) And, um, but they would have rather not spent maybe hours on that puzzle. Right. Uh, But 
It made for better television. Yes. <laughs> Chief has got even more work to do. Then he goes out to the pumpkin patch. Yeah, he keeps on digging and he finds what is the root and it's kind of, and it's the root. It's like the root itself has the upside down inside it and it's going and making a tunnel. So the upside down yeah. is spreading. And the upside down to me seems like it might have life force itself. Like it might be alive because like I remember there's times where, remember in the Hawkins Science Lab and you know that room that has like the upside down that you can go in it? There was a time where a guy in a suit, you will like hit it with fire and it kind of was tentacles and it went back. Mm-hmm. It seems like maybe the upside down is a life force itself. What other plot lines at the end of the episode were we left with? With Dustin. Oh, Dustin and Dart. That's right. We found out quite a bit about Dart in this episode. He's it appears. actually a Demogorgon. A little Demogorgon growing in Dustin's room. Yeah. What do you think of that? Do you think it's possible to have a Demogorgon as a pet? Or do you think in- inherently the Demogorgon is going to be awful and evil and destroy I and think kill? it's that. Because yeah. I feel like in that end part... Maybe once a baby, like when he first saw it, it's kind of helpless and it doesn't really know what to do. So it might be sweet if you're nice to it. But the Demogorgon itself, it's just such a vicious creature. It's a such a predator. And I just don't think you could do anything to change its ways. Well, I'm interested to see where that goes. Although I will say, last time uh, we were talking about the previous episode, we were talking about animals in horror movies and how they usually they're there just to have something bad happen to them. And it seems like that was the case with Dustin's cat. There was that one shot of it reacting strongly to Dart being brought into the house. And we haven't seen the cat really except for that one moment. And the next time the cat comes up, the mom is saying, Mew, Mew, dinner's ready. I wonder why he's not coming. And you're like, uh-oh. Then when you see the glass is broken and the streak of blood on the floor, oh, mew, mew. I know. And it actually shows it must have been recent because it's like the blood, it didn't look too old. It didn't look extremely dried. And it was, you could actually see the cat and it was still gnawing on it. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, Dart was still feeding on it. Yeah. And he's gotten bigger. Yeah, and his face, it's, at first it, there's nothing but kind of a cute little mouth. Mm-hmm. But now its face has kind of turned into Demogorgons. So that is pretty interesting. There was one other thing I wanted to mention. Oh, we also had a scene with Lucas and Max, where you can see that Max is fed up with being treated like she's part of the group, but not really part of the group that knows all the secrets. And she doesn't know what kind of stuff they're actually hiding from her and why they might be hiding. But maybe she's about to find out. Lucas clearly does not like the idea of losing his friendship with her due to the fact that he doesn't feel like he can tell her everything that's going on. So. And uh, Max's older brother seems... There's a part where it seemed like he might have been a bit racist. Yes, that Lucas. moment with Luke where she's just talking to Luke and all he knows is that she was talking to her friend and maybe they were having an argument. But he's not just being protective of her like she's his little sister. He seems to really be bothered by the fact that she would be talking to Lucas. And he says there's some people you don't associate with. He does seem like a pretty nasty guy. Um, I want to assure you that as much as the show has tried to be accurate with the way people might have dressed and worn their hair in the 1980s... Max's older brothers looks terrible. Right. Even in the 80s we would have thought that hair looked looked awful like Steve has hair that would look cheesy now but in the 80s you might have thought that guy had good hair but no one would have looked at Max's older brother and said that guy's cool yeah plus he's just a jerk but there's something going on there he said something about how she's not really his sister and there seems to be a story with why they are there in Hawkins do you think that their story is going to have anything to do with the kind of supernatural side of the show or do you think it's just going to be like some family drama I think it's just going to be some family drama to be honest because I I and I I kind of like that better than it being involved with something supernatural yeah. going on. 
because I think it's neat to have another character coming in not knowing anything about all the supernatural, like, ghosts and monsters, well, not really ghosts, but monsters and stuff mm-hmm. like that, Demogorgon, and getting to know about and know about it. And right, that she's she lives in a world where that stuff's not real, and she's about mm-hmm. to find out about it. You're right, that is more interesting. And I'd, I'd rather hear about it than actually experience, so I'd be kind of happy to be here coming in after all that happened. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like things are about to get worse, so maybe she is here for the... Yes, she's the... here for the worst, even worse part. Because <laughs> she might be around when there's another Demogorgon back, mm-hmm. and there's this giant spider shadow with a creepy, weird head <laughs> coming for everyone and trying to kill everyone. But it seems to be and inside spread... Will now. Yeah, and it seems to be trying to be... Maybe because it's inside Will, and he has kind of, like, can see in the upside down. Maybe he thinks he can bring the upside down will into the earth or just take over our world with the upside down we don't know but i do think it was interesting to see that will is still will he's not being fully controlled but he is changed by it he's aware of what it's thinking and what it wants but he's not like walking around pretending to be will he clearly is still himself and he's aware that something is strange is happening to him it's pretty sad i feel bad for will yeah me too especially since he's a kid right that's well. I mean, if he he was an adult, you'd still feel bad for him. But thinking of a kid that's helpless and can't do anything about this terrible creature, and it's all happening to him because of something he couldn't do anything about. Mm-hmm. He didn't ask for it in the first place. And even if this was happening to adult, they wouldn't have any more power over it than Will does. Right. Um. I guess the one thing to talk about before we wrap up is uh, we were supposing before that we may have kind of seen the situation between Eleven and Chief. We may have seen their little kind of father-daughter or whatever relationship they've developed, that we may have seen that kind of blowing up. And I think in this episode we really saw literally it kind of blew up. They had an argument and she used her powers to break all the glass in the cabin. And after that, you could tell that he was trying to kind of make up with her. He was saying that he might fix the TV if she cleaned up. I think sometimes when people have a fight like that, they they cool off and they can move forward. But what do you think of that? Do you think it's just that Chief can't possibly keep her safe by keeping her like a prisoner in that cabin? At some point, she's going to want more answers. She's kind of like tough love in a way. Yeah. But I mean, in the end, that tough love was not going to work, was it? No. So, and you can tell Chief he doesn't know what to do. That's why he's doing something like, you're grounded, no TV, and just stuff like that, because he's not sure what to do about Eleven Two. It's also from, he just wants something to kind of keep her away so he can think of what to do, really. Did that sound like your parents at all, upping the, the punishment? I bet parents like that are glad that their kids don't have powers, because if they didn't, they got really mad about that. They could, like get some like throw a bookshelf at you well yes i have to say henry there are times where you and i when we come uh to a disagreement i'm very glad that you don't have telekinetic powers frankly it wouldn't feel very fair and i guess what i'm really taking from that is that chief can't keep playing this game he's been playing of trying to keep everything quiet and keep everybody safe and lie to people he can't keep doing that i think he's doing some things that are very necessary and very heroic and brave but then there's the other side which is he still made this deal and keeps on lying that -hmm. makes things even worse right and you know what i thought was really neat uh, about this season it's just like last season it's similar there's so many different plot lines going on with all these different characters and there, and there are so many times where that plotline ends and then this other one starts and then that ends. Like, there are so many different plotlines going on. It starts off with each character having their own plotline and then that one ends and then 
keeps on going on and on and on. It's just Stranger Things has so many different ones. If last year they sort of established the world and set up the characters, this year we started off with all these characters that we already really know and really like. And so they, I think all the characters really do seem interesting. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, yes, right now there's three or four different things going on and three or four different goals that different characters have. Will you want to watch episode five? I think I'm ready. There's nobody to stop us. Nope. We just finished chapter five of Stranger Things season two, um, called Dig Dug. Yeah, the episode was called Dig Dug, which seems like a reference to the video game Dig Dug, as well as the fact that Hopper was in a tunnel in the ground digging around. Yes. What did you think of this episode? Uh, I really liked the stuff with the Hopper in the the tunnels. Thought that was neat. Mm-hmm. Actually, one thing I thought was kind of weird is thinking about that puzzle or map. What turns really. out to be a map, right. But still, it seems like it would be impossible put together because every single piece could go with any other piece. It doesn't really matter. Don't you think that if they had had Will be the one to put the puzzle together, or at least to show them how it should be put together, wouldn't that have solved the problem that we're talking about? Yeah. So all they needed was a scene of Will being the one to say, this is how these pieces go together. Yes. Oh, I really like the stuff with Eleven and when she met back up with her mom. Her mom and her aunt, right. Yes. And we really got the whole story of what her mom went through. They injected her with something and gave her electroshock therapy to the point where it kind of fried her brain, it seems like. And that's why she's repeating those words over and over again. Breathe. Yeah. Sunflower. Rainbow. Three to the right. Uh, four to the left. Also, Lucas and Mad Max had their conversation. He told her all that had happened in the past year with Eleven and everything, and she just thought it was a made-up story or something. Which is pretty realistic. If someone took you aside and told you that secret, wouldn't you think they were crazy or lying? Yes. (laughs) Even not believing it, she could let the secret out. So he kind of needs to bring her into the fold even more. Um, and I, and I, I, we got a little bit more of her and her brother, and we can see that her brother really is racist against Lucas, because he doesn't know anything about him, yeah. and he's once again said she shouldn't be hanging out with like him. Like, she knew she might, uh, her older brother might have done something, because she was like, we weren't hanging out, we were just there at the same time or something. She's afraid of what he'll do. Yeah. Which makes you think, yes, he's done something in the past, or she knows he's capable of something. Well, we're over halfway into... The season. We just finished the fifth of nine episodes. What do you think so far of season two? Do you think it's better than the first or just, just, just as good or what? Uh, hard to say, but I might like the first season a tiny bit better. Mm-hmm. But the second season is still really good. Oh, Sully has something to say. <laughs> he says he likes Chief. Oh, he likes Bob, too. <laughs> Anyway, well, it's interesting to hear what you have to say, Sully. I guess we're going to take a little break. And we'd love to watch more and keep on talking, but uh, I got a thing at my school for Halloween called a Trunk or Treat. And, but once we get back from that, we're going to continue binging, binge-watching Stranger Things Season 2. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Bye. Well, hello there. Well, hello there. Yeah, uh, 
so we just finished episode six of Stranger Things. Which was called The Spy. Um, why do you think it was called The Spy? They were mentioning like him maybe spying on this creature that's kind of taking over him. And is making him do these things. Uh, and they're saying maybe he can watch, he could watch over the creature and like spy on it. Yeah, and in the end, it seemed like Will was actually a spy on behalf of the creature because he set that trap for the team from the lab who got caught by that uh, big group of Demogorgons. And that was a pretty big surprise, wasn't it, that there were so many of them? Yes, there were like from 15 to 30 of them. <laughs> 15 to 30? 15 to 30, yep. Well, however many of them there were, there were a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I guess it was the scene in the junkyard with Steve and Dustin and Lucas and Max where we first realized there was more than one Demogorgon, right? Uh, that part was really intense for me. Like, there are scenes in uh, shows and movies and stuff where there's someone and they're focusing on this one thing then there's something behind them or something in their other characters like watch out and a lot of in a in a lot of things that's the scene where that character dies right because when you have a character who's being kind of brave uh, but they don't realize what they're up against and you see it mm-hmm. uh, it makes you worry about them i mean it's i think it it's good to be a brave person but sometimes when you try to be too brave it can it the the results are not very good. It can backfire. Yeah, it can backfire. Well, moving on, what do you think about the little romance brewing between Lucas and Max? Uh, Dustin obviously doesn't know anything about that, and he also likes Max. And of course, uh, he took Steve's advice that some girls like it when they you act like they just don't care. But you could tell Max just didn't take it that way. She didn't like it. So that advice didn't really work in that situation. Another thing we got that was new was the information that Will feels the pain of them destroying the Upside Down. So that shows that this creature is kind of the Upside Down because it feels what the Upside Down feels and everything. Yeah, we were saying before that the Upside Down seems like it could be some kind of organism. And this might be proof of that. And I just think that's really neat. The... The way that this creature is kind of like the Upside Down, but in a different form, in a way. And more deadly. I thought it was interesting that we had that character who we saw earlier in the season, and we haven't really mentioned him yet, uh, but Murray Bauman, the investigator who was originally working with Barb's parents, and at the beginning of the season he was trying to get Chief to listen to him about some of his theories about what happened to Barb. And that is the reason why, in the last couple of episodes, Nancy and Jonathan have sought him out. They have this plan of sort of uncovering part of the conspiracy. Now, we don't know how that's going to work yet, but it did seem like Murray had a little bit of sense of what was going on and might have had a little bit of intelligence about what was going on, but he also seemed like a a kind of a crazy drunk. And then when Nancy and Jonathan told him what the real answers were, he at least listened and believed them. But we know he's a guy who kind of believes crazy stuff already. So, I mean, it does make a lot of sense that they would want to use that tape that they have, but it is true that they can't really expect everybody in the world to understand the full story. What did you think of the fact that he sort of pushed Jonathan and Nancy towards realizing that they're attracted to each other? Do you like seeing Nancy and Jonathan together, or do you do you not care too much about that romance? I mean, I do kind of care about it, but to be honest... I kind of like the when they weren't together, the kind of, what are they going to do? <laughs> I kind of like that feeling. It was like, 
That's, that's got to happen sometimes. I've always kind of liked that feeling. You know what they call that? What? In movies and television, they call that will they or won't they? When there's two characters who seem to be right for each other, mm -hmm. but there's all these things that happen in the story that keep them apart. Sometimes it's not as interesting when two people get together as it is to sort of hope that they would get together. Yeah. But in general, how do you feel about that side of the show? We've got a couple of romances. We've got Nancy and Jonathan. We've got Lucas and Max. And in another odd little way, we have something going on between Joyce and Bob, and I feel like Chief is kind of in a triangle with them, because it seems like Chief and Joyce have a little bit of an attraction. Mm -hmm. But Joyce recognizes that Bob is a really good guy, and she's not ready to, uh, you know, lose a guy like that. And I thought maybe by now there were a couple scenes where I felt like that Joyce might try to end it with Bob. Mm -hmm. but, I, but I am kind of glad that she hasn't ended it. Or yeah. doesn't plan on getting it. Yeah, who knows? Anytime soon, yeah. Maybe we're wrong to expect something really bad to happen to Bob. Maybe Bob's going to make it out just fine and be happy. Yeah, pro I'd say he might. Because I, I felt like maybe around this time of the season is when something might happen to Bob. You know, I think that feeling of this is about the time in the season where things start happening... And I think that's one of the reasons why that scene where Steve went up against the Demogorgons, one of the reasons why that scene had real suspense in it, is because you could believe that it's about the time in the story where a character like Steve might die. Yeah. But I'm kind of glad he didn't. I mean, Steve is maybe half the time he's kind of a jerk. Mm -hmm. But when he's not being an absolute turd, <laughs> I think I, I like his character. I do too. Yeah. I think that more that's more realistic. That you would meet somebody who you wouldn't 100% agree with the way they are, but you would see that under pressure, when it mattered, they were actually a pretty decent person. I like that tiny little bond going on between Dustin and Steve when they were like, like putting down uh, the meat to lure Dart to them. Mm -hmm. And Dustin totally seems like that kind of person that would think, oh, this is so cool that, that this person is facing off with this evil creature from another dimension mm -hmm. <laughs> this guy is kind of my hero <laughs> yeah well so where are we going into the next episode that episode ended with the sort of invasion of demogorgons do you think the demogorgons will come out on top of that battle or do you think the uh the laboratory folks have have enough on their side that they can stop it I feel like this might be kind of show where it's gonna make it seem like the demogorgons are gonna win but then like like, and it seems like all hope is lost, but then maybe something happens. Well, I'm glad we we can just go watch the next episode and that we don't have to wait. Mm -hmm. How much would you be enjoying this show if it was a weekly show and you had to wait a week in between episodes? Would it drive you crazy? Kind of. <laughs> Let's just go watch episode seven of Stranger yes. Things. What's it called? I don't know. We're going to go up and find out. Yeah, let's see. Why don't you tell me what you thought of Chapter 7 of Season 2, which was called The Lost Sister. Yes. Um, I actually thought it was really good. Mm -hmm. I liked the um, the robber characters. They were like um, vigilantes. They were yeah. getting vengeance. Theoretically, everybody that they were working against was somebody that had done something horrible. And I just thought all that stuff with Eleven and them were, it was really neat. Mm -hmm. Um. I could tell um, 
Eleven was kind of trying to impress them, kind of. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons she did it with them. And you could tell that she felt really bad about it. Like, she had mercy for that guy. And obviously that put her at odds with the group that she was sort of seeming to join. But I don't know if it ever quite seemed like a great fit once she saw what their mission was. I felt like Mm -hmm. there was something in Eleven that wouldn't want to just be a killer. And, uh... You could tell she was so close to actually killing him. Mm-hmm. But then uh, she saw the photo of him and his two daughters. And then the daughters were actually in the apartment, too, which I didn't expect. Yeah. You think at that moment you're not necessarily really having mercy on the man. You're thinking about the people that would be heartbroken if something bad happened to the man. And mm-hmm. definitely when you think of children, you think it would be a very big burden to think of taking someone's parent away. Yeah. I thought it was neat how... Um... Her name is Kali. Uh, yeah, number eight. Yeah. Um, and I thought it's her powers were really cool. How it's she makes people see things that aren't real, like an illusion. Right. She made all those policemen see the wall shooting up. She also showed uh, Eleven uh, like a beautiful butterfly. So it doesn't have to be just something awful or something calamitous. It can be just anything. It can be something wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it have been kind of funny if when she had been explaining her powers to Eleven, if she had shown, uh, opened her hand and then something... Like if there was a hot dog or something? <laughs> yeah, something silly like that. Like a joy buzzer. But, yes, I thought Kali was an interesting character. I- I'll tell you this. I didn't really enjoy her gang as much as a group of characters. Yeah. I thought that Kali was a reasonably well-developed character, yeah. but the gang felt more kind of sketchy and cartoonish. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah, and you don't even hear that much about them. Well, I think also it broke away from the main storyline at a point that was really interesting. So, you know, we had the, the cliffhanger with the Demogorgons attacking uh, the lab, yeah. and you're excited to see where that might go, and then the next episode completely leaves that plot line behind. But I understand why this episode was there. It was to show us that Eleven needed to br- spread out and needed to experience this uh, in her own way before realizing that Hawkins is her home and that the mm-hmm. people that are back there that might need her are the people that she wishes she was with. And I think that Bob might die. You think Bob might die? Yes. From the Demogorgon. Well, it does seem like if he's in the spot where the Demogorgons are about to attack, it would be the time. We've been saying all season that we think that Bob seems like a a nice guy who might get killed. Mm -hmm. And yes, this would be a prime situation to put him in where he just can't get out of it. Who else do you think might die in that situation? What do you think? uh, Do you think Hopper is going to survive? Yes. I feel like there might be a scene where it seems like he might die, kind of like when he was in the Upside Down. Mm -hmm. But he's going to end up surviving. Right. He seems like the kind of person that they're always going to have him do something heroic and barely make it out live. Well, plus they just mm-hmm. saved him from a near-death experience. Yeah. So it seems to me that if he turned around and died, it would, it would again, it wouldn't feel like great yeah. storytelling. It would feel a little odd. And I think Dr. Owens might die because he, I mean, he's a good guy and he's helping out Will. But I feel like he, what he's doing with Hawkins isn't good. Well, how do we know and... he's really helping Will, though? Doesn't he want Will yes. to... Like, he's not really trying to treat what's wrong with Will. He's a company man. Yeah. And he clearly does have um, uh, some priorities that have to do with whatever the company's mission is, whatever the lab's mission is. But, yeah, yeah, when it comes down to it, and it's life or death, you picture that type of guy. Do you picture him being heroic, or do you picture him just trying to save his own skin? I feel like he might just be trying to save himself. I don't know. What else about this episode? So this might be it for Bob coming up. 
And this might be it for Dr. Owens. It might be it for Dr. Owens. Uh, but I think I'm ready to watch episode eight. What about you? I guess I'm ready. I'm trying to think if there was anything else that we really needed to cover from that episode. But it was kind of thin on story, except for that one aspect, which, as we've said, it was all about Eleven realizing where she wishes she should mm -hmm. be. Um, and there wasn't much else to that. Well, I mean, maybe Kali will come back in a yeah. future episode. I thought Kali was a neat character. Right. And it was neat to see that there's a different spin on the powers. Mm -hmm. So it makes you think if there were other kids, if there's at least nine other kids, it starts to feel like the X-Men or something, doesn't it? Yeah, it totally does. Well, Kali and Eleven, they sort of similar in a way where they don't have powers like fire where you can really kind of see it. Mm -hmm. They have kind of force-like powers. Right. It was like, yeah, very force-like, and it, it does kind of, it is kind of Jedi-like, the idea that in this episode we saw that Eleven decided not to use her anger as the focus of her power, but more to use her powers based on the love she feels for the people that she wants to help. Or as Kali was trying to tell her, um, you know, that your anger is part of your power. Like she's trying to get the bad out of Eleven. The bad, right. If, if, if we think of vengeance as something that you can understand why someone would want to get vengeance, but we understand also that just going and killing people is a pretty dark thing to do, even if it is for reasons of vengeance. Yeah. Don't take revenge. I, I've never had. I never will. <laughs> you never have and never will. All right. Well, let's go up and check out episode eight. Okay. So we just finished chapter eight, um, and and it was called Mind Flayer. The Mind Flayer. The Mind Flayer. Yes. And we figured out something. Bob died, yes. Yes. Well, we were predicting that Bob would die, and we were right about that. And it's sort of as now we can all breathe easy and relax, because that sweet character has been doomed from the first moment that we saw him, pretty much. Uh -huh. We sort of suspected that he might go the way of Barb. Mm -hmm. So we had Barb in season one. We had Bob in season two. And we're going to have Bib in season three. I think our prediction about Bib, the uh, pug puppy, uh, who is going to probably die a heroic death in season three, is, is probably pretty strong. There's some kind of evil creature that's about to get him or something, and then Bib shows up with like a gun, shoots him. <laughs> okay, a puppy with a gun? Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, you know, this show, this show has pulled off a lot of surprises. It's a fictional show. Yeah. Not everything has to be realistic. <laughs> but the real surprise of the episode was something that went against our expectation, which is that Dr. Owens was, in the end, not just not an evil coward, as we were beginning to think he might be, but he actually was sort of brave and kind of did the whole captain staying on the sinking ship thing of mm -hmm. staying behind to make sure that everyone else got out. That Now, he still seems like a guy with lots of secrets, but in this moment, he did not turn out to be cowardly or to put himself ahead of other people like we were thinking he might. Yeah, and I actually, to be honest, this might be one of my favorite episodes so far. I think it was one of my favorite episodes, too, because it brought together a lot of the plot lines and a lot of the characters that we've sort of seen on their own separate journeys this season. They all were in one place. And also, last episode, we saw a scene with um, uh, Billy, which I guess is the jerk's name. That's kind of racist. Max's, Max's older brother or stepbrother? Yeah, Max, or? Max's stepbrother. Or, or half-brother. Yeah. Um, and so he got in a lot of trouble with his dad. He was supposed to watch over Max while his parents were, while his dad and his stepmom were gone. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, she snuck away at, with Lucas, um, 
So he, that's, that's the reason he got in so much trouble. But you get the sense that that dad yeah. comes in and he's probably, Billy's probably in trouble no matter what he does. Yeah. And that, again, it doesn't excuse his behavior, but it makes sense that he would be so serious and angry all the time because he feels like he's kind of stuck. He's got to watch over his sister, but she doesn't really want to be watched over. And um, I want to say one thing that I thought was really cool in the Hawkins lab. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually thought that, uh, well, we said this before, uh, I thought it was cool that Bob didn't die when he was like down saving everyone i'm glad that he was survived saving everyone well let's talk a little bit about that that um there were a lot of points where it seemed like bob was gonna die yeah just the fact that he was going off on this solo heroic mission because he's the only one that could reboot the system it seemed like he was doomed by that and then it seemed like he was doomed when he left his gun behind and then it seemed like he was doomed when he was in that hallway and the demogorgon was in the hallway coming the other way and then it seemed like it was doomed when he knocked the broom over and the Demogorgon heard him. And then it seemed like maybe he was going to just get eaten in the hallway. And so the moment when he makes it to the lobby and the door is locked and he sees Joyce, they really could have gotten out in time had they not stopped to just kind of stare at each other. So it, it drove me a little bit crazy that after all of that, Bob still had this moment. He's just, we know he's so in love with Joyce. You know, like he had to mm-hmm. stop and look at her. Um, and that was his doom in the end. And he might have made it, actually, if it wasn't for that broom. If it was not for that broom hitting the floor. Because mm-hmm. you could tell the Demogorgon kind of just walked past him. But since they have excellent hearing, you won't be able to hear him like walking silently and looking there and there. But when the broom... Clunk. Clunk hit the floor, went bounced up, went down. He down. still made it away from that, though, and managed to lock the doors to the lobby. He would have been fine if he had not... If he wasn't so smitten with Joyce, he yes. would have been fine. If she had been saying, come on, let's go, and they had run. And when Bob died, it made me a lot more sad than I predicted. I actually cried. <laughs> well, it, it, it got me, too. I will say that a lot about this episode got me. The stories that everyone was telling to try to shake Will out of his Yeah, that really got me, Trance too. got me, too, because you realize the friendship and the strength of these relationships and how much they love him. Mm-hmm. But um, back to what we were saying about that, that death. It's interesting on a show like this because a death like that happens, and you kind of see it coming, and it feels very momentous. And then the show has to just kind of keep going. What makes that possible is that all the characters that we care about are still in danger. If everything was over, you would kind of expect them just to sit there and be sad. But because they have to keep moving and keep figuring out what's going on, they don't have time to be sad. You know, mm-hmm. And in a way, we just spend a couple minutes dealing with that. But it still did kind of leave me with a little sad feeling that just hung over everything. The fact that it, it really seems like Bob could have, yeah. could have and should have been alive. Mm-hmm. And also, Dr. Owens, it doesn't seem like he... Died. Paul Reiser, who plays Dr. Owens, in a movie called Aliens back in the 80s, yeah. he played a character named Burke, who was the coward, the company man who only thought of himself, who had a secret plan that nobody knew about. And in the end, he tries to save himself over everybody else and ends up trapping himself and getting killed. And so it would have been interesting to see them bring him in to this show to play a character who does something similar. I'm glad they went the opposite route of saying, oh, it looks like Paul Reiser is playing another kind of weaselly character. But in the end, you know, he just seems like he's a little bit more on the level than I thought. Yeah. And it was just even sad for me when I saw Bob that it kept on going back to him seeing them continuously trying to kill him. As gruesome as that is, he probably gave everybody a chance to escape because the Demogorgons were more focused on eating than they were on mm-hmm. chasing at that moment. But yeah, it still seems like he should have gotten away. Yeah, it was just so annoying because I there was a moment right when he got locked the door. I was like, 
yay, they're going to keep him for the next season. And, and then, then and then he stops and turns and looks at her, and he's not wait. running, and he's not saying, let's go. And you're like, no, okay. Wait, why is he stopping? Wait, why is he stopping? Wait, wait. And then <laughs> Demogorgon gets on him. So in the end, do you think that makes his character seem kind of dumb in the end, that he wasn't running? A tiny or, bit. Yeah. Like it was a little bit of a dumb way to go. Yeah. And I I mean, I've, I'm glad he was didn't die from one of the parts where he thought he was doomed, but that would have some, seemed a bit more heroic for his character to die like that. Because he, to die because he couldn't get away. Yeah. Not to die because he had to stop and go... Hey, how's it going, sweetie? <laughs> Do that after right. you're away from like 30 little demons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so it looks like all those little demons are done. At the end of this episode, Eleven is back and she seems to, she, not only is she staying with her new look, she's got her makeover that she got in the last mm-hmm. episode, but she's back and it looks like she may have gotten all the Demogorgons. What do you think the big conflict going into the next episode is going to be? Do you think it's just going to set up the story moving forward or do you think it's going to be some battle that's actually going to eradicate that shadow monster that's inside will uh, i think there might be some kind of battle with that shadow monster i agree with you that they'll try to take it on but i can't i can't picture what that will look like maybe it will help to close the gate because that's what will said mm-hmm. close gate so close the gate meaning we assume the laboratory where there is a breach between the two worlds yeah there there's a passageway to the upside down uh, from our universe. Well, I think I'm ready to watch the season finale. I know, it's kind of exciting. We waited so long for it, and here it mm-hmm. is, and we're almost done. I'll tell you what, why don't we do this? Why don't we wait a week to watch it, just so it's like we're savoring it a little bit more, and we appreciate it more. I don't want to do that. Just wait maybe no. a week. Oh, man, this would be so cool. We could wait like a month to watch it, and that way we'll be really excited. Maybe we can just watch it now. <laughs> Not into waiting? No. <laughs> I don't blame you. All right, let's do this. All right. So, now we have finished up Season 2 of Stranger Things Mm -hmm. with an episode, which was Chapter 9, called... The Gate. And we know, pretty sure, sometimes these names, we we have to kind of guess exactly why they were named that. But in this case, we can guess that The Gate applies to the portal to the Upside Down Mm -hmm. that Eleven used all of her power to close this week. And it seemed like she was pulling on... Everything she's ever learned from everybody, you know, everything she learned from the guy she calls Papa, everything she learned from Hopper, Mm -hmm. everything she learned from her brief relationship with Eight or Kali. So what did you think of that as the resolution to where that storyline was going? I actually thought that scene itself was really cool. Um, And I really liked the look on Hopper's face when he looked over to see her like screaming and (laughs) kind of floating in the air. Yeah, it was a little bit like... I had no idea she had that in her. I'm glad yeah. she's on my side. <laughs> I was a little worried that one of them was not going to make it out of that encounter. That seems like you send those two characters down into a really dangerous situation that you could expect one of them to get stuck in the other world or to get killed. But mm-hmm. I kind of knew that they wouldn't leave us wondering about Eleven. So I was really worried about Hopper going into that last yeah. that last part. Especially because he and Eleven had that nice scene where they sort of apologized and explained themselves to each other. Mm-hmm. And I think it felt like their bond was much stronger after that. Mm-hmm. Did you like that scene? Yeah. 
I really like when they get along. You like when they get along? I just think it, the two very different personalities coming together. And, yeah, I just thought it was really neat. Well, two people that seem like they might need each other, but they might not be the first people to admit that they need somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, Hopper totally seems like that kind of tough guy that can't admit, I just need someone to look after, kind of. Because mm-hmm. it seems like he really wants to be a father. Right. And then for Eleven, what do you think he represents? A father figure. But a father figure who's not going to treat her like an experiment. She's had father figures before, and they have not been um, really thinking of her best interest. Yeah, I don't really know what happened to her actual father. Are we to believe that perhaps Mr. Brenner is her actual father? I don't know. She, He might, and that makes it even worse what he did, which is already terrible makes it so much worse so yeah that's where hopper and 11 ended up they ended up stronger than ever and it seems like hopper has adopted jane Mm -hmm. 11 and now her name is jane hopper yep and it kind of feels like when she says home now maybe she is referring to her life not just in hawkins but with hopper Mm -hmm. and it also seems like it was very important that she come back because she reconnected with mike what did you make of their of their conclusion this season and the way that, how important they seem to be to each other. Uh, I thought that that was cool because Mike and all his friends or something, they're kind of nerdy. And they, Of course, they think it's, they're extremely frightened of the Demogorgon and everything. But since they love supernatural stuff kind of like that, they in the back of their head, they're just thinking, this is kind of cool Yeah. <laughs> at the same time. So that's why I think it, back it was like, oh, it's so, I I bet he might be thinking, it's cool that my girlfriend has superpowers, kind of. <laughs> he probably does like that she's special in that way. But I feel like they did connect when she didn't have anybody. He was very kind to her. And he obviously kind of latched onto something about her that, that brought out a side of him. All season long, he was kind of angry. And you could see that it was maybe her absence that was making him angry. And I noticed in this season, uh, Mike and Will had more of a bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they both think they might be going kind of crazy. And and you find out they were friends from kindergarten. Yeah, I didn't know they had known each other that long. I don't know how they how long they've known like Lucas or Dustin. Though. I think the main thing there is that we didn't really get a chance to see anybody relate to Will in the first season. And yes, in this season it became clear that Mike and Will, maybe their friendship was the beginning of this little group. And I've noticed like Will's really the only one that doesn't curse. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed. He does seem like such a nice little kid. It's a shame that all these awful things happen to him. I know, because like, <laughs> it, it seems so happy. Yay, Will's okay. But now there's this terrible creature that's controlling him. Right. And yeah, it's just you just feel so bad for him. But at the end of this season, it felt like maybe whatever was inside him is gone, and maybe he's not going to cough up any more worms because the gate is closed. So perhaps now he's just someone who's gained a, what do they call it, the true sight. Maybe he can see things and sense things, but won't be sort of plagued by all those problems. It's almost like they wrapped up that storyline this season. Yeah, if that is true, what you said, like he can sense things, that will be kind of a useful power mm-hmm. for Will. Well, between him and um, and Eleven, it mm-hmm. gives the group sort of an advantage over whatever crazy stuff. But the one thing I think that this uh, season made clear was that they they sort of wrapped up all the consequences of the things that happened in the first season. Like at the end of the first season, we knew that Will was still different, but we didn't know how. We knew that Eleven was probably still out there, but we didn't know where. We knew that Hopper had made some deal and was trying to be part of a cover-up, but perhaps he was motivated to, to lie for good reasons. We knew all those things, and I think at the end of this season, we now know that Hopper doesn't really have anything to lie about anymore. Mm-hmm. Eleven is back and has a home, a family, 
Will has now sort of worked through some of the mystery of what happened to him. So it kind of feels like it it was almost the second part of the story that was started last year. Mm-hmm. And now that story's done. And I think we should start talking about really what happened in this season finale. Okay, so what would be one of your favorite things that happened? Uh, you know, I really like the ending of it. Uh, so um, there was a dance at the middle school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was like a holiday dance, yeah. Yeah, holiday dance. Uh, so you knew this was around winter because it was like winter's theme. I think that's where the first season ended too, was right around Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, like I remember maybe there was snow or something. Mm-hmm. I really liked that Dustin actually, he asked a few different girls if they'd like to dance with him. And, but all of them said no. Well, actually he only asked one, but the other two kind of just walked away from him. What did you think of the way that turned out, that Nancy kind of maybe took pity on him, but also out of true affection for him, decided to kind of save his feelings. Yeah, because she, she said, and I think she meant that that uh, Dustin was her favorite out of uh, Mike's friends. Mm-hmm. And I know I'll probably be kind of nerdy because I already am kind of nerdy like them. <laughs> right. And if I ask someone out, they might have the same reaction. I'd, I'll be prepared for it. <laughs> well, you're already there with your friends, right? Yeah. So you know you got backup. Um, But I thought that whole scene was very sweet, and I was impressed that they spent, I don't know, 20 minutes or so at the end of this action horror adventure show dealing purely with the feelings of the kids and and, Mm -hmm. and a real-life experience such as going to this kind of dance. And I thought it was interesting that everybody did have a dance partner at the end, but each one was kind of a different thing. Like with Lucas and Max, it seems like a real budding romance. Mm -hmm. With uh, Mike and Eleven, it's got this heavy intensity because they've been separated for so long. And then with Nancy and Dustin, it was a nice thing to do. And Will, there was just a random girl that asked him out. But don't you think it was important that it be a random girl? Because he's the only one that's kind of famous in the school, that everybody might know who he is. Like, at least might know his name. Like, they've heard of Zombie Boy or something. Right, which it showed you that that kind of notoriety can be bad if you don't like being called Zombie Boy and being picked on. But it also means people know who you are, and they might walk up to you. And in that case, that girl... I guess she liked what Zombie Boy had going on, so she wanted to dance with him. She uh, didn't mean it in like a mean way, like bullies meant it. Because I think bullies gave him that name. Maybe everybody calls him that, and Will didn't realize that not everybody was being mean. Have you ever heard this about a nickname? You don't get to pick your nickname? Mm-hmm. You just get it? Well, I don't know. What else do we have going on with this episode? I thought it was great that uh, Dr. Owens not only survived, but seems to have found sort of... Uh, some, uh, I don't know, some compassion, and it doesn't seem to be the guy that we thought he was just a mm-hmm. couple episodes ago. Yeah, it seems like uh, Chief and him are kind of friends. Right. Actually, to be honest, I thought um, uh, Jane's hair kind of slicked back looked kind of good on her. Well, I thought it was cool, especially when it was her and Hopper going into that ending part. They looked cool together. Like, mm-hmm. he looks cool with his sort of, you know, slightly goofy hat. Uh, and then his, his, you know, just his regular uniform. And, and then he, her next to him wearing that dark coat with her hair slicked back. Like, they, they make a cool-looking pair. Yeah, it's like, she kind of looks like a tough rebel or something because she has, like, her hair slicked back, a bit of mascara right here, and she's wearing a black. And then he's a cop that has a machine gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he just, they both just look really tough. Well, yeah, and they had a good, that was a good ending episode for them, the way that it left them together. I actually thought this season was better than the first. However, I think it was better in ways that if you hadn't had the first, it could not possibly have been as good. So I think the first season did such a great job of setting things up that this season was able to just jump out with a great storyline and great characters. And uh, I I really enjoyed it. I really loved uh, doing this podcast with you, too. 
was really fun. I guess if that's all, then Henry, this was fun doing this. Yeah. We'll do it maybe uh, for Stranger Things season three, right? So I'll see you in a year. What do you mean you'll see me in a year? I'll see you in a year, buddy. You're my father. I know, but we'll just take a year off. I'll see you next year when Stranger Things season three premieres. Okay. <laughs> I'll see you then. All right, buddy. Take care of yourself. Can I take Sully with me? You want the dog? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> that was one of our silliest ones. <laughs>